This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> everybody laugh. Yeah. Who wants a who wants a candy cane? Huh? Huh? No, that's all we have left. Sorry, man. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. How's everybody doing tonight? You guys having fun so far? I know you're not. Whatever, though. Michael, does does do Holly and Mike know you can twerk like that, man? Okay, yeah. Well, I'm gonna make sure Mike sees that video of you just. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't need any, but thank you. I do appreciate it, though. <laughs> so we are going to go into our final week of this Christmas series that we're in, and. It's actually going to be our final tribe of 2020, so yeah, kind of crazy. This year has been full of all kinds of different stuff, and it's been a wild year, but we've almost made it to the end, and I'm super, super excited for 2021 and what that has to bring, changes and just new things that I think are going to be awesome and God's going to work in amazing ways. But to start, have you guys ever had... An experience that was that was so good, it was so so epic, so incredible. Like just this experience that was so amazing that you had difficulty like trying to explain it to other people. Maybe maybe you had this experience if you ever had the opportunity to travel somewhere that was just beautiful in the world. I think of like the ocean or the mountains, and trying to describe them seems impossible unless you're there. Um, Maybe you felt this way eating like the best meal of your life. For me, that's like, like pizza or something. If I were to eat the best pizza of my life. And I was talking to my friends and no matter how I described how just good the doughy crust was and how melted the cheese and how perfect each topping was, because it matters. Everything, all of it matters. And I just can't quite, wouldn't be able to capture it for them to understand and You'd probably find yourself saying something like, you know, you just have to go to the restaurant and taste it yourself. It's the only way you're going to understand. You don't get it. Like, it was super good, and you're just, you're not, you weren't there. You don't understand. 
Or maybe you felt that way about like a concert that you went to. Maybe you went to go see Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Post Malone, I don't know, whoever you're listening to, whatever concert that you went to, and your friends your friends are like, yeah, I saw that concert on Netflix when they did that documentary on it. I totally understand what that was like. I bet that was really fun. And you're like, you're like, no, you, you have no idea. You were not there. You could, you could feel the music and, and the crowd. It was, it was an epic crowd, and it was like this electricity in the air. The atmosphere was unexplainable. Or maybe even though you tried to capture it on your iPhone, you're one of those people who Snapchat stories the entire concert. Raise your hand if you're one of those that would Snapchat story the entire thing. Just you? Just you? Raise your hand if you find that really annoying. Yeah. You guys can like fight it out later. So maybe, so regardless of how many videos you took or what the videos looked like, you just end up saying it's not the same. You'd have to actually go to the concert and see it for yourself if you want to know what it's like. Or maybe it's a time that you had with your friends. It's that kind of night where you didn't really do anything crazy, but it was just the right atmosphere, the right vibe that night. You, you laughed until your face is hurt and your chest hurt, and then you had deep conversation. You actually had good conversation with each other. Like, it was a good night. These nights that, ones that you would remember forever with the people that you care about the most. But then you got home and your parents, they ask you what you did, and you're like, I don't know how to describe it. We just like sat around and laughed and talked. And they're like, oh, well, then what did you guys talk about? And you don't know how to explain it. Like, no matter what I say, it's not going to make sense to you. Like, it was just, it was our thing. You'd have to be there. And for me, one of those moments is I can remember not too long ago, I took a trip to Taiwan. I went to Taipei, Taiwan for a mission trip. And we stayed in these dorm rooms at a private school. Yes, I am short. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we went to um, this school, and we were in dorm rooms, so we had to sleep at the school, and it was a kind of a weird atmosphere, and there was really nowhere to eat, like, really close to us. We had to, we had to leave to go eat, and whenever we left, really the only closest place to go to was this 7-Eleven that, like, sold snacks. So we have to walk to this 7-Eleven if you want hot Cheetos or whatever they call it over there. I have no idea. And as you're walking over there to this 7-Eleven, there's all these busy streets. I mean, it's chaotic over there. And it's just like these old guys driving taxis, like flipping you off and cussing at you, trying to veer you off the road. You're just walking. The crosswalks are basically like risk your own life. There is no, there's no stop signs. They don't pay attention to the lights. They're just driving all over the place. It's mopeds and bicycles and motorcycles and they're just weaving in and out and they you feel like they're just trying to kill you like their job is to kill a pedestrian that day that's what it feels like and everything was like whenever we were there everything was like a storefront they didn't really have where we were at like these big stores like a walmart or a kroger for you to go shopping like if you wanted like convenience stuff you had to go to these little storefronts or convenience store and none of the employees ever spoke to you, which it might have been because I was an American and they didn't like me, but they never spoke to you. And the only sense of normalcy that we had whenever we were there is we would door dash McDonald's to the dorm. That way we could eat some like something besides rice. And 
It was, it was, it's one of those things with McDonald's is it doesn't really matter where you're at. It always tastes pretty American, so it was pretty cool. But there was also something, like, really special about this place. The, the way that the sky looked over there whenever the sunset was beautiful. There was hundreds of students that were your age there that were worshiping God and were learning more about their faith, all in the same place together. And I can remember trying to explain it to my parents or to other people who weren't there, and I just, I couldn't get out what I actually saw, what I felt, like what it felt like to see hundreds of students in a country where they don't necessarily really like it if you're Christian or not, is really, really, really something that's amazing, and seeing them all do it under this beautiful scenery that you don't get to see every day, and whenever I was trying to explain it to people, it's kind of like how I feel now, like I just can't get the right words out to make you understand what it was like. And all I could say to them then is like the same thing I can say now is you just have to see it for yourself. Some things in life, they can't be explained. They have to be experienced. And that's true during this time of the year. And during the Christmas season, one of those experiences that we have is hearing about the birth of Jesus, and you can't hardly go anywhere without hearing about the birth of Jesus. It's almost impossible to miss it during this season. And yeah, we're going to hear plenty about Santa and reindeers and elves and the North Pole and all that stuff during this time of the year, but like the foundational message that we always hear of Christmas is about how God came to the earth as a helpless baby. And even if you aren't a church person or really if you don't even believe, if you don't understand the whole story, the message of the birth of Jesus is kind of impossible to avoid. You can't go very long without seeing a nativity scene or a manger, angels, lights, and all of that is just someone trying to explain how incredible the meaning of this time of the year is. Or maybe you've noticed that church people get super into it during this time of the year, right? Maybe you've heard people try and explain to you that because of the birth of Jesus, that you can, you can know how incredible God is. Because of Christmas, you can know just how powerful God is. And because of this season and because, of, and because God came down to earth, you can know how loving God is. And you hear all these explanations and all these reasons, but for you, you just aren't really sure that you get it. And to be honest, there are some actually, wow, really good reasons you might not get it. One reason you might not get it or believe it is because the type of people who are telling you the story, right? Maybe you heard about how life-changing this story is, how life-changing the birth of Jesus is from people whose lives don't look very life-changed, right? Maybe the people who believe the story don't seem to treat other people very well. They're super rude and they're judgmental towards each other. And it makes you think if believing in this story doesn't change how you live, then why would I choose to believe it? It doesn't make the story very credible if the people who tell you it changes their lives don't really have their lives changed. Or maybe you've heard the story of Jesus' birth explained and how it communicates how good God is, right? But you look around at the circumstances of your life, and you're like, it doesn't seem like God is very good right now. This story doesn't really add up. 
because life's hard. Sometimes life is really, really hard. Maybe it hasn't turned out the way that you had hoped. Maybe it hasn't turned out the way that you felt like you deserved. And this year especially, it's been really difficult. It's been a tough year for everyone, for people all around the world. And it's been a really tough year for people your age too. You look, just look around at the world and you see how many people have lost their jobs and maybe people you know that have lost their lives or people that have lost loved ones. And it can be really, really tough to believe in that explanation that there is a good and loving God that's in control of it all. And maybe, maybe today that's your story. Maybe, maybe life has hit you really, really hard. And listening to the explanation of God demonstrating his closeness and goodness to you by coming to the earth in the form of a baby, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up for you. And like I said before, no matter what, you, what you've heard before, whether you care or you don't, whether you believe it or you don't believe it at all, I'm just asking that for the next 10 minutes or so, 10 minutes of your life, that you just take a minute to rethink this, to kind of open your mind to it all. And here's why. It's because what we're talking about isn't a story. Like, it's actually history. These were real people with real lives who had real problems and real fears. These were people who had doubts and they had questions just like we do. They had questions about who God was and how God worked. And the people in this story are people who they weren't expecting anything in particular special to happen to them at all. Like nothing unique. They weren't expecting it. They were just doing their own thing. They weren't expecting God to show up on this particular night. But he did. So as you kind of listen to this, I want you to think about yourself. Put yourself in the story. And kind of think, how would you have responded if this had happened? What would you have thought? What would you have done? And the story starts like this. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to, marry, to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And that is in Luke chapter 2. Let me... Let me ask you this, if you were God, if you were the creator of the universe, and you wanted to show up one day on earth, like you decided, today's the day, I'm going to show up on earth, and I'm going to announce my presence to the world, how, like, how would you do it? Like, thinking through that, how would you go about doing that? And my guess is that at least we would have probably showed up dressed, like we would have at least showed up to make sure we weren't in a position to be embarrassed or humiliated or anything like that. I mean, most of the time we don't even show up to like our friends' houses if we're not showered and looking nice, or at least some of you don't. I know that if some of you might go to your friends' houses all unshowered and nasty and whatever, I'm not going to judge you, but 
that's weird, like clean up. But when the God of the universe made his arrival, he picked showing up as a baby. He picked showing up naked, small, helpless, and completely dependent on others for his survival, right? That was how God showed up into this world. And for almost all of human history, people thought of God as like this angry and distant God that had to be appeased at all times, and that was the only way that it worked. But then when God actually showed up in our world, he showed up as an infant to show how he was humble and he was kind and he cared for us. And he showed up to let us know that he really does get us and understand us. God showed up in the world just like you showed up in the world, just like I showed up in the world, just like we all did. God himself experienced what it was like to be human and what it was like to be you, what it was like to be me. And I think the Christmas story is this super remarkable, like awesome picture of what God is like. Like God wanted to put himself in your shoes. He wanted to take on skin and bones just like you have and experience all of these feelings and emotions that we go through daily. And it's true that in Jesus' life, he would experience betrayal from people that were close to him. He would get frustrated from time to time. He would see one of his best friends die. He would know what it was like to be rejected by others. He also knew what it was like to have this close-knit group of friends he experienced the joys of the world around him. And believe it or not, Jesus actually was pretty good at throwing a party. Like he was fun to be around. So if you ever wonder if God knows you, like if you ever are wondering, does God know me? Does God love me? If you've ever wondered if God understands you, and if you've ever wondered if God knows what it's like to live on this planet, he does. And the Christmas story is proof of that. And the gospel writer Luke, he goes on to say this. He says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news and will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The angels say, Good news of great joy. And I really, really like that phrase. I don't know what you've heard about God before in your past, but if what you have heard doesn't sound or look like good news or great joy for all people, for everyone, then I can just assume, and my guess is, that what you've heard is wrong. Because the message that God brings to us this time of year is exactly what the angels said it was. It's good news, and it's great joy, and it is for everyone. And by showing up and making this announcement to a group of shepherds outside of the walls of the city, 
God could not have been more clear about what his point was. God's love is for all people at all times and in all places. You see, during this time, shepherds were actually like the lowest of the low in society. Like they were bottom dwellers when it came to social status. That's why they were outside in the fields. Like they didn't really have anywhere to stay that was nice. They weren't allowed in the towns. Shepherds were kept away from the quote-unquote normal people. They were too poor. They were too unshowered, too undignified for regular society. But that was who God chose to show up to. Think of it this way. If you were to go to school and you were to find that one person in your school that no one ever wants to sit with, no one ever wants to be around, no one wants to talk to them, that's the kind of person that God would choose to eat lunch with if he showed up to your school today. And you can't explain, you can't explain a God like that. Like it's unexplainable to think of a God like that, that he loves us all and has experienced exactly what it's like to be us. And the reason that I believe so strongly and believe the Christmas story to be true is because no one could really make this up. Like people would never make up a story that has God showing up like this because you wouldn't believe it. So when the angels deliver a message like this to a group of people like the shepherds, they have to go and experience Jesus for themselves. Like they can't just hear the story, they have to go see it. If God is, they're thinking if God has done this, if God is like this, if God has showed up to us, then we have to go. So the shepherds, they looked at one another and they, they said, hey, let's, let's go see this thing that's happened. Let's experience God for ourselves. And they did, and it ultimately changed them forever. And it goes on to say in Luke, it says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I don't know, like, where you're at or how you feel about like that story or what's been said tonight. I don't know how you felt about it in the past. Maybe, maybe you're someone who does believe it all, right? Maybe you believe none of it. Like you think it's all just a load of crap. Maybe you feel something whenever you hear that story. Maybe you feel absolutely nothing. But no matter where you land, I want to encourage you to do something that it would have no one would have expected if you were around during that time. Is to follow the example of these shepherds and do what they did and go see for yourself. Like when I, and what I mean by that is it, don't take my word for it. Don't take TiVo's word for it. Don't take your leader's word for it. Don't take your parents' word for it. Go see for yourself. Sometimes we simply just need to go and see for ourselves. We can't let someone else's experience dictate what we believe or how we feel. We need to experience it for ourselves. And how, how do we do that? How do we continue 
to see Jesus and experience Jesus in this season and going forward? Well, one way is to keep showing up. Keep showing up to tribe. Keep showing up to church. Whether it's Christmas services that are coming up or whether it's the new series that we're going to get started in January. It's coming to tribe. It's staying for small groups. It's getting involved in everything that you can. It's you keep showing your face. You keep coming here. You keep making yourself available. And no matter if it feels like it's a big change or if it feels like something's drifting away from what it used to be, you keep going and you keep coming because the bigger picture is what matters. So whatever it is that's happening next with your church, the invite is there for you to come see for yourself by showing up. And the first step to nearly literally every good thing in life is to just show up, just to be there. And the second thing is to ask questions. What is it that you're wondering about? What is it that makes this whole story so hard for you to believe? What do you want to know more about? What do you wonder about? Ask someone. Ask a pastor, a parent, a trusted friend who believes. Have a conversation to keep exploring and keep learning, discovering, and seeing for yourself what this is all about. And now maybe this is the first time that you would have decided to go see for yourself. The first time that you're hearing and you're believing for yourself. And if that's you, then I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to find someone tonight and talk to them. I want you to know and experience the love of Jesus tonight. I want you to experience it for yourself. Then think for yourself and decide for yourself if Jesus is who he says he is. I don't want you to feel this emotion of wanting to know more, of wanting to make a move, and then just ignore it because we're going to move on and we're going to go eat and we're going to play nine square and we're going to do that, and that's great. But I don't want to move on yet. Maybe this, is, maybe this is your first time considering seeing all of this for yourself. I ask that tonight you find, find a leader, whether it's in this room or outside of this room, and you let them know. Or maybe you feel like you've been a believer for a really long time, but you have a lot of questions and very few answers. You feel like you're just taking what you've heard at church or what your parents have said, and you're just kind of going with it. You're just going with what they say is true, so it must be true. And if this is you and you have questions, then I want to encourage you to do the same thing, to find someone and talk to them. Tonight, not tomorrow, not in a week, tonight. Because we want to help you. And we want you to see this, this greatness of Jesus for yourself. Before we wrap up, I just want to tell a quick thing about myself. And when I was around a lot of your guys' age, I got baptized. I got baptized when I was a sophomore in high school. And I did it because I said I had decided for myself that I was going to get baptized and I was going to become a Christian. I made that decision for myself, but the reasoning behind it all was, wasn't necessarily because I knew what I believed, but rather that I knew what I was supposed to believe. 
And a couple years went by, and I still had these same questions I did in the beginning. Nothing really changed. I had lost people that were close to me. I had seen things happen that hurt me very dearly. And I thought that as time went on that all these things would go away, all these questions would go away, all this pain would go away. But it just kept popping up here and there, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't figure out why I felt like I was losing my faith in this thing that I was once so certain about. And then when I was a senior in high school, I, was, I finally got so tired of feeling confused, feeling like nothing had changed, feeling like I was just playing Christian to the people around me, just to appease my parents or appease my pastor. I realized that I didn't have my own faith. The faith that I had was my parents'. It was my pastor's faith. It was my friend's faith. I didn't have answers and I had a lot of questions, but I was afraid to ask any of them because I didn't want them to know that I had doubts. But I decided that I was going to do something different because I had to. Like I had to do something different. Something had to change. So what I did was I started reading the Bible for myself. I started praying to God for myself. I started having conversations with God and spending time with him for myself, I started learning, growing, asking questions, and discovering more and more for me. Not to appease the people around me, but because I wanted to learn. I quit just believing what I was told or I had heard, and I did my own thing. I did my own research. I did my own studying in it, and I asked my own questions, and ultimately I practiced my own faith. And the reason I say all that is because if I didn't, when I graduated high school and no longer had my high school youth group, no longer had church to fall back on, no longer had this group of people around me every single Sunday, I would have lost that faith. I would have lost it really quickly, too, because it wasn't really mine to begin with. It's really easy to lose something that doesn't actually belong to you. So that's why I ask of you guys tonight, and I give you this warning is figure this, th this faith thing out for yourself. Don't just go along with it. Don't just worship when you're here in this building. Don't just pray whenever you need something. Don't hide your questions out of fear that someone's going to find out that you're doubting. And here at Tribe, we're, we're a family. Like we, that means we accept these questions and these doubts, and we want to help you through them. We're real about them, and we're not going to push you away because you have a doubt. So don't wait until you're all on your own to start asking all these questions. Don't wait until you've graduated. Don't wait until you're an adult. Don't wait until you're alone to start asking questions and trying to figure it out. Go see for yourself now. Go see for yourself tonight. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this group of awesome people in this room. I thank you for your son. I thank you for coming down here in the way that you did to prove that you do understand us, that you do know what we're going through. And I just pray, Lord, that each and every person in this room, whether tonight was the first night that they had listened to that story in a new way or whether they've heard it a million times, Lord, that each and every person in here will see how much you love us and see how important this story is to our lives. And I pray even more so 
that not only we would hear the story, but we would go out on our own, having our own faith and loving you the way that you love us. It's your name that we pray.